Welcome, welcome all to another episode of Bruise and Banter. I'm Redbeard. This is Targo. That's me. Handsome devil over there. Today, we will break down how your favorite Premier League teams did this weekend. VAR, back at it again. Take a sneak peek into the upcoming match day two in the Champions League and discuss the five best games of the weekend. Let's get into it. All right. Make sure to check out our social media platforms, our Facebook page, Facebook group, Instagram, our TikTok channel, YouTube channel. Make sure to give us five stars on all your favorite social media platforms and podcast platforms. Really just the podcast platforms. <laughs> so where can you uh, get five stars at, man, on yeah, Facebook? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to find out, though. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Uh, really help us get out into that algorithm and help us promote our channel. Thank you, guys. We love you. All Thank right, Targo. You. The most important part of this episode. What are you drinking today? <laughs> the most important part. I am drinking level beer. It is a bad ombre Mexican style lager. Ooh. Well, it says beer with balance. This easy drinking style of beer made popular in Mexico. Light bodied, crisp, clean malt character with mild corn flavor. Goes great with a lime. If did only I a, had a lime. Yeah, I was gonna say, did you put a lime in there? Come on, man. Sorry, I'm not that bougie, man. I, <laughs> only when I'm out have... at restaurants, I get a lime or at a bar, you know. <laughs> that is a good, light, crisp beer. Nice. Well, today I have Flocktoberfest Lager from Black Raven Brewing. Uh, it is a German Marzen style clean, balanced lager. Perfect for a summer or a fall treat. I have never had this before, but I'm very excited. Okay, well, let let us know how it is. Ooh. Yeah, that is very crisp lager. Hints of, I would say, yeah, toasty malts in there, a little bit of caramel. It's got a lot of flavor for a nice light lager, so I would go 7.5 out of 10. I would give this a 7 out of 10. So some okay, pretty good loggers. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Without further ado, on to the news. UEFA has announced they will readmit German, or Russian, not German, Russian junior teams to international events. Sports investment firm Dynasty Equity have bought a minority stake in Liverpool. Um, owners Fenway Sports Group said last Thursday they they're a, a British media firm, I think. Uh, never mind. Anyways, they spent a hundred to two hundred million dollars on minority stake in Liverpool. Yep, pretty pretty much Liverpool. They're going to use that money to pay down some of their debt from COVID. Um, they're doing some stadium expenses to enhance Anfield expenses in their new training facility, repurposing their old Melwood training ground, and 
of course, some good old summer transfers. That's what that money's <laughs> going to be going for. They did spend quite a bit of money last summer, so they're definitely going to be looking to spend more of that this coming summer. Barcelona have been charged with suspected bribery for payments worth more than 7 million euros made to companies linked to former vice president of refereeing committee, Jose Maria Enriquez uh, Negrera. Uh, Apparently, it's official, not just uh, suspected. It's official now. They're officially cheaters. Is that what? Fun times. Uh, Former... Former Barcelona presidents Josep Maria Bartomeu and Sandra Rosell have, uh, well, they're accused of the same charges, as do uh, yeah, Negrera and his son, Javier Enriquez Romero. So. so I got to ask you, so Barcelona, they got basically getting caught cheating here. Mm-hmm. Would you say a lot of these big successful clubs cheat in known ways, but Barca are the only ones that have gotten caught? Um, do you think Real Madrid I, probably cheats in some way? They're they're just not getting caught. I mean, we we know the ongoing issues with Manchester City and their financial cheating. We could call. Hmm. I mean, I would say yeah, probably. I'm sure a lot of them have cooked their books in one way or another, just to be able to spend more money. But I think bribery is with especially with referees. I, I mean, we've seen Juve. In, they've, they've got yeah, caught big cheating. Big thing in Italy, yeah. Um, quite a f- I mean, Juve got caught, and they got relegated, what, two divisions, pretty much? Yeah, and last season they got their points deducted, and now yeah. they're out of European competitions for a year. And So, so um, do all these teams just kind of cheat? They just cheat in different ways, maybe, and some just get caught? Some are better at doing it than others. Yeah, I. that is a great question. I, I would think that, you know, the big teams, like, I guess in Spain, right, because there's really only two teams that can afford it uh, to cheat constantly because of their income. England, I don't I don't really think so, but, I mean, we'll get into that a little later because of VAR and that whole debacle. Um, yeah, Juve's been caught. I don't think that maybe Bayern Munich does it too. I don't know. You just think of all these teams that have dominated leagues for so long. There has to be something. And Barcelona, yeah, you're right. They're the one to get caught. Them and Juve. So, but I think you're right. It's more has to do with their financials, financial mm. aspect of. Yeah. So, once teams kind of go outside that form of cheating, as far as doctoring their books, then uh, that's where they are more likely to get caught, I guess. And you know, bribery of officials is kind of the worst way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I just I can't believe that they they don't even need to do that. I don't understand. We'll like, see what the fallout teams, is of this. Yeah, we'll see. Um, and I've heard mentions of teams getting their uh getting Champions League trophies and stuff like that. So I know you're speaking about Arsenal. That there's yeah. talks about them getting that Champions. Was that 2007 or six or whatever yeah. it was? Yeah, 2006, I believe. It'll be interesting to see what the fallout is. All right. On to some injury woes. Uh, Manchester United's Lissandra Martinez will be out two months after a broken metatarsal in his foot. Uh, Same one that kept him out last April. 
before the end of the season. They're going to miss him. They're going to miss him big time. They're already pretty thin at that center back position. So, And left back. And left back. Uh, Chelsea. Um, yeah, Ben Chilwell. He's out with a bad hamstring injury sustained in their Carabao Cup win with Bre- over Brighton. Apparently he uh, is going to be out for a while. U.S. International and Bournemouth midfielder Tyler Adams is injured again. Yep. I did hear that, yeah. Yeah. Long term, too, it looks re- like. Yeah, retore his hamstring. That, um, Car- the Carabao Cup. Yeah. That game, yeah. first game we- back from injury, <laughs> and it's that same injury that has kept him out all season so far. So. Uh, and last but not least, a moment of pure terror in an Eredivisie match between Ajax and RKC Walwick uh, as the RKC goaltender. Uh, Etienne Vassin was knocked unconscious with a, after a collision with Ajax forward Brian Brobby. Man, it was a horror incident. I don't know if you've I haven't seen, seen this, so I'll, yeah. I'll have to check it out. So they collided and he hit the ground completely limp. All the players around him freaking out, asking for medical officials to come on the field immediately. They had to put screens up around him. He was unconscious for something around 10 minutes. So kind of similar to to the Christian Eriksen scenario at the Euros. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it wasn't his heart. Uh, It was just a really, really bad concussion. Uh, Apparently, he is in the hospital, awake and well. He didn't know where he was after regaining consciousness on the field, but luckily, everything is okay. So our prayers go out to him. All right. On to the action, Targo. Champions League match day two. Coming up, man. Coming up. Music hitting those ears, giving you the goosebumps. We are here with some more Champions League action. So on October 3rd, we kick it off with Union Berlin against Braga. Union Berlin, man. Their first Champions League game in their home stadium. Very excited. That will be a fun one. They're coming off that loss to Real Madrid, which is a hard-fought game. I thought they almost deserved something. So I think, I think they get a result did. here yeah. against Braga. Yeah, I I w- felt bad for them to you know not get something out of that match against Real Madrid. <clears throat> but getting their first-ever Champions League win in their first-ever home match will be quite the scene, and I'm looking forward to seeing it happen. I picked Union as well. Next, RB Salzburg, your surprise team. Not really surprised. You said you should watch for them because they're good. Uh, I play Real Sociedad. Uh, Salzburg looking like they uh, could stay atop the group. What do you think is going to happen in this one? Sociedad also looked good, as mm-hmm. you might recall that game against Inter, Inter Milan. So I'm going to go for a draw on this one. Okay. I'm not going to underestimate RB Salzburg again, and I'm going to go with a draw as well, because, well, you were right. (laughs) All right, next up, we got Inter coming off of their first loss of the season. Uh, And then Benfica, who are high-flying after a Derby win against Porto. How are Inter coming off their first loss of the season? They had their first loss of the season in the league. Oh, a couple weeks yeah. ago, yeah. Yeah. Not this uh, weekend. 
So, I mean, both of these massive squads are looking to bounce back after disappointing match day one in the Champions League. Regardless, this one is at the San Siro, Targo. Going Inter. Inter, yeah. Benfica look poor this season. They scrape by against Porto. Uh, I'm going to go Inter as well. Next up, PSV and Sevilla. PSV looking to gain some ground in the group as both... Well, both teams looking to gain some ground in the group. Last year's Europa League champs looking to get their first Champions League win this season in Eindhoven. Will they get it? Uh, PSV, I don't know, man. They're coming off in the Champions League that loss to Arsenal. And Sevilla, they drew longs in the Champions League. Coming off a loss to Barcelona. I will say PSV did not impress me when I watched them in the Champions League. No, Arsenal kind of ran over them. So They did. <laughs> I'm going to go for a draw. All right. I think if, if we go off last year, Sevilla's away form was absolutely atrocious. And PSV at home are a lot different than PSV away. So I think I'm going to go with the PSV win in this. I think it's going to be a draw or Sevilla win. Well. After my showing of picks this week, I'm going to have to go uh, a little bold and outside the box. So, <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, next up, Law against Arsenal. Gunners look to build off their hot start on match day one as they travel to France with a beat-up squad. Can Law capitalize on a weekend Arsenal team? Or will Arsenal have another convincing victory in France? I think Arsenal will have another convincing victory in France. They spanked PSV. They're coming off a big win against Bournemouth at the weekend. So, yeah, I, I'm i going Arsenal. Honestly, the way they play, they, they look like one of the favorites this year. Yeah. I would say one yeah. of the top five teams, top four teams. Yeah, I think there were I think they were fourth favorites behind Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and City. So. I think you're uh, you're right there, and I mean Arsenal this season, especially on the road, and they've had a shutout in their last four away games. So clean sheet. I think they'll get a clean sheet in this one, and probably win pretty convincingly. Hopefully, Gabriel Jesus and Eddie Nketiah can get some goals because they desperately need it, uh, and maybe you know another Kai Havertz goal. <laughs> Would love to see that too. Uh, I know you're picking Arsenal, so I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> that would be correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, we got Copenhagen against Bayern Munich. Copenhagen surprising everybody against Galatasaray last time out. I mean, they probably should have won that match. Except for two late golazos from uh, Galatasaray. And a Can red they... card. <laughs> and a red card, yeah. Can they take down the uh, behemoth from Bavaria as uh, Bayern look to continue their dominance in the group stage? The behemoth from Bavaria. I love it. You're welcome. <laughs> no, I don't think they will take down the behemoth from Bavaria. I don't either. I don't think this will be even close. I think it, I think Copenhagen could threaten on the counter because, I mean, that Bayern Munich team, yes, they completely outplayed Manchester United, but somehow still, still conceded goals, yeah. yeah their defense is looking a little suspect of late it is a little sus and we'll get into that a little bit later but yeah i gotta go with byron in this one too so next up manchester united or i should say a lackluster 
Manchester United team, plays Galatasaray. Could United get their first points in the Champions League this season, or will Galatasaray pretty much rain on their parade? And they Here's see my... the league score goals on command. Here's my conundrum. I picked, at the beginning, Manchester United to finish second in this group. Mm-hmm. Having watched them the past couple weeks, <laughs> I think Galatasaray could win this game, if I'm being honest. <laughs> the way Manchester United have been played, but... Well, I did pick Galatasaray to finish second in the group, and I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to change my pick. I had it down as a draw originally. I'm going to go with the Gala win. I, I want to say Gala win, but for my pick's sake, I'll say Manchester United, Gala draw. Okay. All right. Next up, one to watch as we have Napoli taking on Real Madrid. Can Victor Osimhen and Kavardana get the best of a battered Real Madrid defense? Dude, their defense is struggling. Yeah. So many injuries. And then Nacho got a red card at the weekend. So in La Liga, he won't be able to play. But they got Vinny Jr. back. They got Rodrigo. They got Jude Bellingham, who is a freaking stud. <laughs> yeah. That uh, <laughs> that ball he played on the weekend. To, was it Joe Salou? Yeah, that, his assist. Mm-hmm. It was a be- thing of beauty. <laughs> So I'm going Real Madrid. I think Napoli have enough to keep this one interesting, and I'm going to go with the draw in this one. Okay. All right, next up, and a low-key one to watch, I think. Atletico Madrid against Feyenoord. Can this free-flowing Feyenoord offense break through this Atleti defense that seemingly always shuts up shop when playing at home? Why is this one to watch? Because Feyenoord is very exciting, and Atleti is one. not. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, I would say no. <laughs> I, I think this one is one to watch mostly because of the implications it might have for the group. Right? If Atleti win, they probably will top the group. But if Feyenoord can pull off an upset, it will make the group very interesting. And I think they very well could. They they do have a very free flowing attack, but man, that. Atletico Madrid team just is tough. So good. <laughs> They're so you know, they good. beat Real Madrid a couple weeks ago. They won here at the weekend. They sh- honestly should have won against Lazio, except for a 94th minute header from Lazio's yeah. goalkeeper. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go a draw. Okay. Um, I think Atleti playing at home, they're going to score one goal and close up shop. I think they win one now. I don't know, man. In La Liga, they haven't been keeping clean sheets. They conceded to Cadiz. They conceded to Real Madrid. They conceded to... Who did they play after that? They lost 3-0 to Valencia before that. that I think that was more of just a fluke. And so their last clean sheet was to Rayo Vallecano, match week three. I was going to say, it's like match week one or two, isn't it? Um... But they can score goals, as they we saw can. against Real Madrid. So I, I think so. it could be a 1-1, okay. is my guess. Well, it will still make for a very entertaining match, I think. Next up, we got Antwerp and Shakhtar Donetsk. Can Shakhtar get their Champions League journey started with an all-important three points in Belgium? Probably. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way Antwerp looked against Barcelona match week one, man, they're going to struggle a lot in this Champions League, I think. And I think Shakhtar will have enough to get the better of them. Pro- yeah, Tomorrow I think they will. I'm going Shakhtar. Yeah. Next up, another match to watch. Celtic against Lazio. Can Celtic provide yet another upset in the Champions League? Or will the Romans prove that they belong in this competition with a win in Glasgow? So this is another one where, I, in my head, I think Lazio should win or draw this game. But because I pick, I think I picked Celtic to make it out of, had to the Europa second, League. Yeah. Did I say second? I, I can't remember. So. Yeah. I know I had, had them not finishing last. Yes. And so I have to say Celtic, man. They need a, three points. <laughs> I'm going to go Lazio <laughs> in this one. I think they're, I mean, they've got a very wishy-washy start of the season. But tying against Atletico in Spain, I think it was. Or were they at home? I don't know. Uh, either way, it was a big, hard-fought point for them. I think they'll be able to. They were at Celtic. home. Yeah, okay. Well, I still think they'll be able to top Celtic away from home, but we'll see on that one. Next up, one uh, probably not to watch, Red Star <laughs> Belgrade against Young Boys. Uh, the, the race for the Europa League is essentially starting here for these two sides. Who's going to get the three points? I don't know, man. I don't really care, I'm being <laughs> honest. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at your notes on this one. <laughs> Does anyone care? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I don't know. Flip a coin. I'll. I think I what I have drawdown. Yeah. Now stick with it. All right. Uh, I think Red Star kind of surprised me against Manchester City. They came in flying and yeah. scored first. Mm-hmm. Then. That was on their, their only shot on goal. Shot, yeah. <laughs> so them playing at home, I think I'll give them the three points. But honestly, I don't really care either. So let's be completely honest. The one we do care about, though, is the next match, which is RB Leipzig against Manchester City. Can Sit-ta. Leipzig? Sit ta. Can Leipzig provide another upset against the Champions League favorites, or will Manchester City pull off the victory? They did uh, last nope. season and what was it, the round of 16? Yeah. Wipe the floor with them in <laughs> Manchester? Yes. I'm going to go sit ta. Yeah. Because Rodri is actually playing, I think I'll have to go City as well. When he's not in that team, they are completely different, I will say. I won't get into that a little bit later. We will get into that, yeah. He will be playing, so I go with City as well. Another one to watch as we get into the group of death. Borussia Dortmund against AC Milan. And this Dortmund side has not been good this season. This Milan side, the complete opposite. So Milan going to the yellow wall. Will they get the three points and triumph in the group of death? So the past three weeks in the Bundesliga, Dortmund have finally come to life. They've won their past three games after a couple draws. And then, you know, we saw them lose to PSG. Uh-huh. But they still just... I don't know, man. There, there's something missing from them. That, that spark, you know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. that spark was Jude Bellingham, and he left. 
<laughs> versus AC Milan. Watching them at the weekend, they got they got plenty of sparks there on that team. You know, Rafael Leao, Teo Hernandez, Christian Pulisic. I will say I like their. I think he's Dutch. Their new midfielder, Tejani Reindeers. Yeah, Reindeers. Reindeer. Probably butchered yeah. that, but no, he's fun to watch as well. Yeah, no, Lang's doing pretty good too. So good, fun to watch those guys in there. Pulisic has been on fire, man. And I think he probably comes in and gets a goal against his former side. So we'll see. Uh, last Champions League game, I think it was Chukwese started. Yeah, on the right side there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, and he was very might come in. As yeah. Well, so we'll see. But I'm going with Milan in this one. Same. Yeah. Next up, and probably the one that will have us all glued to the TV, Newcastle. Yes, sir. As Newcastle welcome Paris Saint Germain. Uh, your to, to uh, Saint James, like you Park. said, your mom, <laughs> <laughs> Paris Saint Germain. <laughs> oh my god, you're ridiculous. Um, will this impenetrable Newcastle defense be able to stifle this PSG attacking juggernaut? That is an attacking juggernaut, yeah, and, and that. Newcastle defense is very penetrable. <laughs> we have seen this season. Yeah. They've looked good for the last couple of weeks, though. So I think Newcastle, though, will be flying for this game, man. It is in Tyneside. St. James's Park will be rocking. Having said that, I'm going to go with a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with you. This one, you know, Newcastle will be flying. It's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. Hindsight is going to be nuts. But PSG's attack is just too damn good. I need to see. Did Kylian Mbappe play this weekend? I didn't watch Paris Saint-Germain at all. Um, It's a great question. Let me look real quick. Uh, If he plays or if he doesn't, it's not going to change my opinion. I still think PSG are going to win this game. He did play. Okay. Well, then I'm definitely sticking with my pick, so... Yeah, PSG for the win. That attack, man, is just so yeah, good. So good. All right, and then last but not least, we got the two group favorites as Barcelona and Porto square off to see who will finish top of the group. Group H favorites, yeah. yeah. Got to go Barca. Yep, especially at home. Um, They just look so, so good. Uh, even if you shut them down, they still find a way to answer. And, you know, Lamine, Yamin Lamal, I think it is. Lamine Yamal, I'm yep. very excited to watch him again because, God, is he exciting. So, yes, Barcelona all the way. All right, now on to match week seven in the English Premier League, which was nothing short of absolutely surprising, stunning, Drama-filled. Let's get into it. Lots of controversy. And we'll start right in the thick of it with Aston Villa and Brighton. Villa turned the tables on Brighton as they put in a performance of the season to thrash the Seagulls. 6-1. 6-1, man. 6-1. Holy (laughs) crap. 
Before this game, if I would have told you, there's going to be seven goals in this game. I'll answer this before you even ask it, and it would be probably 6-1 to Brighton. Not the other way around. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, man. And uh, Villa on the counterattack. They're looking like a top five team, if I might be honest. They look pretty good. They looked very good in this game. Uh-huh. They they popped in three goals in the first half. Ollie Watkins had a hat trick. Halftime came around. Roberto De Zerbi made three changes. Brought off Welbeck. Brought off Ferguson. <laughs> well, he brought off Estupinian. Put on Tyreek Lamptey. Put on João Pedro. Put on Ansu Fati, and they looked good for the first 10 minutes of that second half. That's where they got their one goal, Ansu mm-hmm. Fati. And then Villa scored three more. Yeah. Yeah. Jacob and Ramsey had a very nice what, finish. What a finish that was, yeah. Um, I mean, Ollie Watkins was so good in this game. He probably could have had more than three, but couldn't take his chances. Yeah, the goal uh, Douglas Luiz scored. Ollie Watkins should have finished, but yeah, yeah they... one-on-one with the keeper, ball gets saved, goes straight back to Douglas Luiz, who essentially passed it into the net. I know we both picked Brighton to win this game, man, but we should not have. History was not on Brighton's side. They have not won <laughs> at Villa Park. Brighton, they're won their last three games. They have not won four in a row. This was their fourth, and they lost it. Yeah. And just a lot of players did not look good. Like in that first half, the players Roberto Deserby brought off did not look good. Evan no. Ferguson, Welbeck, Estupinian especially. Yeah, I felt so bad for him because there's nothing he could have done with that own goal either. <laughs> no, it, it was it was harsh, but he was just letting those defenders in. Man, his he was not positioned correctly at all. Yeah, but I will give credit to Villa. They did learn well from West Ham, sitting in that low block, countering Brighton all game. And it seemed like every time they countered, they were going to score. Like, that's what it looked like. Yeah, they did. I mean, just Brighton were not on, on their game. You know, they're, usually they're that slick, quick passing. Mm-hmm. They were giving the ball slow. away too much. Yeah. Villa were, were pressing them in the right times, making that field small. They had a high back line. And they punished them. Unai Emery yeah. got his tactics 100% spot on for that yes, game. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Speaking of tactics spot on, we had Arsenal and Bournemouth. As uh, Although Bournemouth played well at times, uh, Arsenal ran them over 4-0 in this one. Before the game even started, they were handed a huge boost as Bakayo Saka and Declan Rice both returned to the starting lineup. And uh, they didn't have to uh, wait very long as a wonderful Gabriel Jesus header hit the crossbar, fell right to Bakayo Saka. Heads it in. Right place, right time. It was also fantastic build-up play Mm -hmm. that Saka was involved in and great instincts to get into the box. Uh, Eddie Nketi was brought down in the box. Penalty for you. Clear pen. Yeah. Odegaard steps up and scores it. And then uh, number three, we finally got it, Targo. It only took <laughs> seven games or eight games, maybe nine games. But Kai Havertz finally got a goal. The 
great gesture by Bukayo Saka and Martin Odegaard to give him the penalty for the second one. And then uh, I want to say the Arsenal fans in the way end, the whole game, holy crap, were they loud. They were, man. I loved the song that came up with Havertz after he scored. <laughs> and then they chanted it for like 30 minutes. <laughs> Hilarious and fantastic. Yeah. I, I want your thoughts, though. Also, which goalie started this game? It was uh, David Ryan. Yes. You owe me a beer. I do. <clears throat> but also, what are your thoughts on Odegaard and Sock? Because at that point, it's it's 2-0. Mm-hmm. Game's still very much open. They're, you know, they're away from home. And they let Havertz take that penalty. Are you okay with that? Or do you think they should be a little bit more ruthless and let their starting guy take that penalty? I'm okay Sim- with it. Similar okay to kind of when Holland let Gundogan yeah. take that penalty that he missed. Yeah. I mean, there's always some sort of risk in it, right? It's a penalty kick. There's always going to be some sort of risk that it could be saved or you could miss it, especially giving the ball to a guy who is completely out of confidence. But what and I understand mo- that's why they did it, was yeah. to get him a goal, boost his confidence. But how many... I guess, you know, you and I have both been playing for a while. Does a PK really give you confidence when you score it? I mean, if it's, you know, like your first goal for a club, finally getting the weight off your back, it can only help, right? It's not going to make it any worse. Unless you miss. You're not wrong. What if he misses it? Yeah. (laughs) Then it makes it a lot worse. That makes everything worse. But, I mean, he looked very, you know, very confident stepping up to it. I'm okay with it. I I think at that point, Arsenal were absolutely dominating Bournemouth. And it probably could have been 6-7-0 instead of 4. I Um, I don't know, man. It's a risk. You know, obviously, it's great to see it. He scored it. And you look back at it now. But at the time, it's a risk. mm -hmm. a big one, too. Well, yeah, especially if it gets saved, right? And then Bournemouth get all this momentum that they didn't have, and they have a chance if they get a goal. I mean, 2 nothing leading to 2-1 is probably the most dangerous scoreline in all of football. So, yeah, it, it could have gone horribly wrong, but luckily for Arsenal, it did not. <laughs> so you're okay with it, though? I'm okay with it in a match that was being played the way it was, right? Like, Arsenal were absolutely dominating. Bournemouth looked terrible. So for you, the context matters. Yes. Yeah, I think that's more important than having your, you know, penalty kick taker that always takes the kicks go up there. So I think if I'm a coach, though, man, I want my number one taking that. Because yeah. like you said, 2-0 is one of the most dangerous scorelines to have. I'd want yeah. my number one guy, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, especially if you think from, you know, the way Arteta thinks, and he might be one of the most ruthless people in all of football. <laughs> Just look at the whole Aaron Ramsdale situation that I owe you a beer because of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's water under the bridge at this point, I would say. It is, but I, I just wanted to bring it up, get your thoughts yeah. on it. Um, I will say, Declan Rice in this match, especially from coming from a place where we didn't even think he was going to travel with the team or even play after his back spasms last week. He absolutely bossed this game. He was everywhere. Any guy that ran past him with the ball no longer had the ball anymore. He was everywhere. I just want to say, 100 mil looks like a steal (laughs) for this man. I'm just saying. 
Also, could so be same bad. about Kyle Saka and his durability. Yeah, I mean, there was worrying signs as he, you know, got subbed off looking, you know, in pain, limping off the field. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mikhail Saga, I was looking at his stats compared to last season. Every single one of them is better. Really everyone. And he, Starboy for you, man. Yeah, he looks like one of the best wingers in the world, let alone the Premier League. At this All right, next up. Luton won a game! Historic wow. news! <laughs> <laughs> Everton and Luton ended 2-1 to one to the Lutes as they beat a haphazard Everton side for their first ever win in the Premier League. So, congrats to them. I will put that out there. Everton? Yeah, I mean, Everton awful. were shit, man. I don't yeah. know what else to say about them. <laughs> their defense was shit. I mean, they're, Ashley Young went to clear a ball and then couldn't clear it. or it looked, I couldn't tell. It looked like he kicked it into the defender and it went, to, went into his net. <laughs> the second goal was off a free kick. Terrible marking. I mean, terrible marking. Everton yeah. got one back through Dominic Calvert-Lewin at the end of the first half there, but... But it should have been a goal by Decoure, but he couldn't finish it. Should have. it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Which like, what up, is going on? Brings what up your going... point from the last episode, man. It's Decoure is either a world class player or he's trash. Sometimes maybe he good, sometimes maybe shit. shit. <laughs> so I don't know, man. This That's Everton, Everton team... too, man, as a whole, this, like, yeah. they beat Brentford. They, I think, they beat Villa in the Carabao Cup mm-hmm. during the week. Mm-hmm. And then they get Luton at home and they fucking lose? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. And their defending was just so suspect in this game. Oh, it was terrible, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I will say, though, good job, Luton. You're out of the relegation zone, which I had them staying up. So the league ended maybe, right now. <laughs> maybe this is the start of something good. Or maybe it's Probably the start not, of nothing. But... But they uh, now are a point clear of the relegation zone. Game in hand is against uh, Burnley Burn. on, uh, well, that would be today, wouldn't it? October 3rd. We'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. All right. Speaking of suspect defending, um, Manchester United against Crystal Palace. And before oh. I even get into this, I can't believe I changed my pick. I had Crystal Palace winning. I changed to United. You did. You know what's funny? As I was thinking about this after we had put out the last episode, and I was thinking, when two teams play each other twice within a week, it's usually not the same result. Yeah. And United had one previous in the Carabao Cup. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have said Crystal Palace would have won. I probably would have said a draw or something. But I had a feeling Palace would get points, and I don't know why. You know, we'd already recorded, but I said United as well, and obviously they lost. 1-0, Crystal Palace. Fantastic goal, though, from, uh, I think it's Joaquim Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a volley that was. Holy cow. But what's going on with United, man? I don't know. Their defense is unorganized. It's beat up. It's hurt. I mean, the two guys they got starting, I guess Varane was back from injury, but him and was it Lindelof that started? Lindelof looks suspect. Varane is not the same player he was at Real Madrid. 
Not yeah, at they're... all the same player he was at Real Madrid. Yeah, you say the same thing about Casemiro. I mean, he had quite a few chances to score in this match and probably should have put one away, but... Honestly, he he didn't even look like a defensive midfielder. No, he looks more like an attacking midfielder. <laughs> like number 10. And he got Sofren Amrabat playing yeah. left back. An inverted left back, though, but... Yeah. Still... Is this is this a United side that's maybe trying to do too much? I don't know, man. I, honestly, it, it just looks like the players aren't up for it, if I'm being honest. Like, Rashford, last season was spectacular. This season, He's got the he's same not. number of goals as Kai Havertz in the league this season. I'm just going to throw that out there. Does he he's really? Been, yeah, he's been absolutely poor, and his only goal is against Arsenal. No, I can't. I gotta look this up. Hold on, that can't be it. <laughs> nope, you're right. One no, goal, one assist, and seven <laughs> matches. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. This United team is, I I think, especially with this new inverted left back that Ten Hag has never done before. I I just think he's more just trying to go with the times where the inverted left back is, or inverted outside back is starting to be a thing, but I just think it puts him under too much pressure, especially on defense. Well, I kind of want to take you on a journey here. So last year, okay. Manchester United, they finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Ten Hag looks like a master of class. They won the Carabao Cup. He handled that Cristiano Ronaldo situation well. The summer comes, they spend, I don't know how many millions, but they get Andre Onana, Mason Mount, Rasmus Hoyland. I think I'm forgetting one more. But anyway, they get those players, and you think, you would think they would be better than last year. They'd be playing better than last year. You know that hopefully you'd get the same kind of production from Rashford, from Casemiro, from Lissandro Martinez, who is now out injured. And so injuries have hampered them, but you still think this United team should be performing better than what they are. 100%. With the players they have on the field. Yeah, 100%. On paper, there's no way they should be this bad. Um, I mean, you think of all of the off-the-field problems as well. You know, Ten Hag handled the Ronaldo situation so well, but when it comes to the Jaden Sancho situation, the Anthony situation, like there's so much stuff going on and it's just like what is going on behind the scenes that is really going to make it this bad right now like what is the yeah, difference th- between last year and this year i don't understand i mean they they've had a lot of controversy like you said the anthony the jane sancho even um, the mason greenwood yeah yeah the the selling of the club going on like it looks like that's not going to happen now so i mean there have been a lot of I guess you could call it off-field distractions. But you still have the the players on the field should be performing better than what they are at Manchester United. They're sitting 10th place in the Premier League right now, which is completely unacceptable for a club like Manchester United. 100%. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're looking closer to Chelsea than they are to Manchester United right now. <laughs> yeah, I you know, I just I I think it come it's coming down to the players. There's no real leadership. Bruno mm. Fernandez is their captain. 
He's not a captain, man. No, no. Especially you watch his on the field antics, and yes, he's a phenomenal player, but his attitude and his antics are, you know, don't set the right example as a captain. No, no, they don't. But I mean, yeah, that squad is just is too good to be this bad. And we know they can perform well, but you would think that they would be performing much, much better, like you said, than than they are right now. So I, I don't really know what the hell is going on. Yeah, three wins, four draws. Yeah. Or not four draws, four losses. Four losses, zero draws. So, I mean, but. they're, yeah, they, I mean, they went and got their striker. They went and got their goalkeeper. They strengthened that midfield, and they look worse this year yeah. than they did last year. Well, yeah, and you think about their three wins as well. Two of them probably should have been losses. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the win against Wolves shouldn't yeah. have been a wa- have win. Been they a probably win. should have drew that. Yeah. Even that game against Burnley where they won, it took a world-class volley from Bruno Fernandez, but they got outplayed by Burnley. Yeah. 100%. So. And then... It took a fantastic comeback against Nottingham Forest for them to win that game. Yeah, and a game they shouldn't have won either. So, so troubling times at Manchester United. Times. I will say seventh place pick uh, is not far off at this point. I think I picked them third. Uh... Yeah, but we also picked Chelsea in the top four. So, you know, that provides a little bit of comedic relief, at least. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we had Newcastle against lowly Burnley. And after scoring eight goals in their last Premier League match, they beat City midweek. This is Newcastle, obviously. They put in another solid performance, and Burnley, yet again, looked poor. Yeah, Miguel Amiron, man, had a golazo in this game, man. Top bins where the spider makes its web, all those beautiful descriptive words mm-hmm. it was fantastic yeah i tough schedule for burnley continues however they haven't been doing themselves any favors like you said last episode they need to figure out how to play more on the counterattack instead of dominating possession because it doesn't work clearly <laughs> they can't do it yeah um miggy almiron i will say with a galazzo what a peach of a goal in the 14th minute. Poor giveaway by Burnley. Dribbles past a couple players. Put it right where the spiders lay their eggs. Yeah, and then the second goal, Anthony Gordon got fouled in the box. PK, Isak, converts it. Yep. Yeah. Newcastle are looking good after, you know, a rough start to the season, and I think they've definitely turned it around. They're all the way up to eighth now. Kind of the opposite of United, where United, you know, was looking for the whole beginning of the season. Newcastle just had a tough schedule. I mean, they've lost. They to, did. They lost to who? Uh, so City, they Brighton, and Liverpool, Liverpool. So, yeah. So they're looking like after that patch of the schedule that they could go on a run for quite some time. But we'll see against PSG midweek. Yes, should be an. It'll be a fun one. Next up, West Ham and Sheffield United. Jared Bowen. Man, is he on form right now. He is on he is, fire right he now, looks man. He so good. Getting the first goal in this match. And Thomas Suchek with the second. 
No, no goals again for Sheffield United. They've conceded 12 goals in three games and only scoring one. Are, I, mean, I got a question for you. Yeah. Are Sheffield United the worst team to ever play in the Premier League? Well, at the moment, that title would be Derby County, as in 07-08. They uh, had 11 points and 20 goals scored. At this rate, though... At this rate, Sheffield United are going to... They got one point. Yeah, and they're going to... Let's see, we got one goal for seven matches for a whole season. That would be six points six seven points six seven points i was thinking more goals scored because if it's their goal scored would probably be more yeah one goal at well it wouldn't even be 20 which is the number of goals no Darby i think County it'd be 25 because they've got goals for they got five yeah but 19 against i just i can't see them getting any better um yeah. Then, like, having said that, Burnley have yeah. one less goal for. Yeah. And have played one game less. And there's a big one coming up, Burnley and Luton, which we'll get mm-hmm. into. But is this Sheffield team going to be the worst team in the Premier League ever? I think they'll definitely give Derby County a run for their money, I think. I think it's going to be the games against Luton and Burnley, I think maybe Bournemouth as well, that will make or break their season and will decide if they are the worst team in the Premier League history. It's kind of almost a sign. Like, we already think they're getting relegated, but are they going to be the worst team yeah. to get relegated at this new, point? New heights at this point, or lows, I should say. <laughs> I guess that's where we're at now with Sheffield United. Yeah. And, I mean, we talked about it before. These newly promoted teams are just... I don't know if it's the money of staying in the Premier League versus being newly promoted, but there just seems to be a gulf in between the newly promoted teams and the rest of the teams in the Premier League. Yeah. Yes, there is. Especially with Sheffield. It didn't help, man. They they went and sold their best player to Marseille, their star striker. Yeah. Stupid. And then their best midfielder to their relegation rivals. So... Yep. Doesn't help. Stupid. Stupid. All right. On to Wolverhampton Wanderers in Manchester City. Yeah. Wolves beat the champions, man. What the hell? Where'd this come from? What? Yeah. Wolves? Yeah. With Pep in the stands, City lose their first match of the season ahead of a massive week for them as Wolves take a bite out of their title charge, man. I couldn't make this up. A bite out of the title charge. I love it. The Wolves. The Wolves. So, yeah, they lost to Newcastle midweek. I did not see this coming. Oh, who saw this? No one saw this coming, man. I think it helps not having Rodri, Bernardo Silva, and Kevin De Bruyne on your lineup. Yeah. Kevin Holland, or not Kevin Holland, Erling Holland definitely looked starved for uh, service. Mm -hmm. Probably only had a handful of touches. Matias Nunez made the start against his old club and got subbed off at halftime. <laughs> he did not look and good. And Calvin Phillips came on. So that, that tells you something right there. Yeah, it does. They did not play well. Yeah. Right. Pedro Neto, on the other hand, played really well. Yeah. Matias Cunha played, well. played really well. Very well. Yeah, probably the performances of their lives up to this point. Um, you know? Uh, was it Huang Hee Chan with another performance? 
I just I don't understand how he doesn't start every damn game for Wolves. I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, the city defense looked lackluster. They didn't really create a whole lot of really good chances. I mean, Julian Alvarez had a peach of a free kick. But other than yeah. that, man, I, this city team looked flat and uninspired. They, I think it's Rod. Honestly, I think it's Rodri missing. Well, if I'm being 100 percent honest with you, huge week coming up as they play Leipzig in Germany and then go to Arsenal next weekend without Rodri. If they play like this; it's gonna they're gonna lose like four or five nil the way Arsenal are playing. I don't know about that. They played Bournemouth, man. Don't get out of hand here. Don't forget they, I, they I was drew more, Tottenham. I was I was more commenting on how badly City looked and how good Arsenal is right now. I would say Arsenal last season looked better. They're one point off where they were last season. So they were better. Um, they've scored more goals, I think, up to this point. You're right. Uh, Arsenal don't look as good as last season. But City look way off where they were last season as well. They do. And again, missing Rodri, Bernardo Silva, Kevin De Bruyne. Any team would not yeah. look as good, but yeah. but you're not wrong. They cannot perform like this and expect to get that fourth title. Yeah, I know. And it seems like, you know, a couple of days ago we were saying, is it inevitable that they get the quadruple? And now lost midweek out of the Carabao Out of Cup. the quadruple, no longer invincible, no invincible season for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Next up, Nottingham Forest and Brentford, and man, was this one eventful. It was definitely not boring. Um, Yeah, this one ended 1-1. It Honestly, Forest had to scrap a point out of this one, and Brentford probably could feel hard done about only coming away with the point. So this is a weird game, because I feel like Forest started out the better team, and Brentford slowly grew into the game. And mm-hmm. we're probably the better team by halftime. Then the second half rolled around, and <laughs> that's when that's when stuff started to happen. Forrest, they got a red card. Oh, what's his name? Musa Niakate got a red mm-hmm. card. It was the second yellow. Studs down the back of the guy's calf, Keeley's area. That would have hurt. Yeah, yeah. And then Brentford immediately got a goal. From Off that the, free kick from that yeah. foul. Yep. Yeah. Um, Forrest makes some changes. Morgan Gibbs White comes on. He looked a little bright. Looked like Forrest's best creator. And they got a goal, man. Kind of yeah. a funny looking header. Goalkeeper, I think, could have done better. <laughs> I agree. But yeah. I, I Flecken? Mean, I think if I'm not... Is Flecken, it Flecken? Yeah, it, it almost looked like he pulled, like he pulled his hand one. away. Yeah. Like, like he, he thought it was going to go over. And went like that. I'm like... What? <laughs> like, if you yeah. think it's it has even a chance of going in, what is the harm of just palming it over the top? So, yeah, it was a questionable decision for me. But, I mean, both goalkeepers looked questionable in this match. Matt Turner did, yes. Yeah. He had came out flying a couple of times. Honestly, I think should have been a PK against uh, Visa. Yeah. He he had the ball and he went to go clear it, and Visa came in and poked it away, and he 
kicks Kicked Visa. <laughs> you know, credit to him. He stayed on his feet and was trying to get the goal. But yeah. I think if he rolled around, uh, claiming the whole hurt thing. Yeah. I I've looked seen, at it, said there wasn't enough in it. But I've man, that's. Seen penalties given for less and i think the only reason it wasn't given is because it was matt turner like because it was a goalkeeper but that and shouldn't be a already, thing he was that already in the action thing. of kicking the ball it shouldn't it doesn't I matter agree. i know i i agree it should okay. not be a thing but i think that is the reasoning behind it it's a dumb I reason var has been suspect all season this you is... miss the ball and kick a player that's a foul yeah yeah anywhere on the pitch Except for apparently the goalie. Except for apparently a goalie. Yeah, I don't know. That's your referees at work. Yeah. So I don't know what the English F, like the whole FA is even paying for with these referees. Because they're not doing their job. Especially the ones assigned to VAR. But we'll get more into that later. Good job picking a draw on this one. Although Forrest uh, probably didn't deserve anything out of that one. Okay. We have a midweek Premier League matchup coming up, as we've alluded to a couple of times. Luton playing at home against Burnley in what could be, uh, if Luton win this match, could uh, pretty much doom Burnley. <laughs> I wouldn't doom them yet. Or... Uh, but, yeah, I mean, both these teams look terrible. Everton looked even worse this weekend. I mean, with that 11-point total from Darby looming, which of these teams do you think has a chance of setting the new record besides Sheffield United? Because I know that's your answer. I would have said, yeah. I would have said (laughs) Luton, but they just beat Everton, man. Yeah. I didn't, well, both of us, neither of us thought Burnley would be this bad. No, I didn't think so at all. I we thought, thought they'd, they'd be, be a, you know, a 15th, 16th, 12th. I think you have them at 12th or something, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. at the beginning yeah. of the pretty, season. Pretty high, yeah. But they they don't look good, man. No. They don't. They're trying to go toe-to-toe, play that total beautiful football, and they don't have the players for it. Yeah. Well, especially against Premier League opposition. Again, championship, you probably get away with it, as they did last season. An absolutely dominated team. But you can't do that in the Premier League because you're playing the best players in the world. And honestly, Vincent Company, he's got to show that he's a top-class manager. Being a good player does not equal a good manager. We've seen that with Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard. Mm-hmm. And now he's going up against the best minds in the world. And they will figure a team out and figure out how to beat you. Yeah. And so he needs to adapt. And quick. And because of that, do you think he will adapt for this match? I don't think he will for this match because it's Luton. You know, the the way they played last year, they should beat Luton. Mm -hmm. By all rights. Yeah, I agree. And so I'll I'll pick them to win, but... I mean, Luton are out of the relegation zone and Burnley aren't. Yeah, and... You know, Burnley have not looked good at all, especially going forward and scoring goals. I mean, they're going to have a hard time not replicating Sheffield United and what they've been doing this season. I mean, Luton, they're one point behind Chelsea. Yeah, which is crazy. (laughs) Throwing that out there. (laughs) 
Just saying. At Chelsea the time of two, this recording, there are one point points behind Chelsea. Off the relegation zone. Just saying. Um, I'm going to go for a draw in this match. I just think. Okay. I think Luton Town are much more improved this season with their new signings. They're starting to piece it together. Granted, I know beating a lackluster Everton team is not really going to, you know, win you any sort of accolade, but it's huge three points to finally get that off their back. I just think Burnley's that bad. <laughs> I do. You think they're that bad, huh? I think I think this one probably ends a 1-1 draw. A 1-1 draw, okay. All right, Targo. On to our Fab Five. Our five best matches to watch this week. And we'll kick it off with Barcelona and Sevilla and La Liga. And man, 1-0 to the Barcelona. It uh, It's not going to change anytime soon, is it? <laughs> I, I think it will, yeah. Because, I mean, they've had I think they've had a hard time. Let me look, but it seems like they've had a hard time keeping clean sheets. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of their defenses. Yeah, here we I go. They've conceded two goals year. to Mallorca. They've conceded two goals to Celta Vigo. They did beat Betis. Conceded to Osasuna. They conceded to Villarreal. Yeah, and a lot to Villarreal too. So, I mean, yeah, their defense is not as good as last year. Not even close. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, I don't want to say that they're like the complete opposite of last year as far as defensively, but they kind of are. I mean, is it, would you, which team would you say is better? Barca right now or Barca a year ago this time? I think the players on the field right now are better than last year. On paper on paper, but I think you're onto something. I think that Barcelona were better last year. Defensively, they were. Defensively, and, and in attack, I would say. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think Barcelona probably, yeah, last year I think is probably a better team. And somehow, they're still, you know, right up there near first, well, they're in first place now, aren't they? Or is Real Madrid in first place? Uh, Real Madrid, I believe, is in first. Yes, they are. Yeah, but they here, here's what I'll tell you. I think this Barca team is worse than last year's. I'm going to go with it. It's because of the midfield. Hmm. How so? I think it's the loss of Sergio Busquets. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he he's one was of, a leader. One of those... He was cool, calm, collected in that defensive midfield position. Mm-hmm. This season, who's their defensive midfielder? I don't know. De Jong, who's injured? Romeo. Gundogan? Is it Romeo? Gundogan's not a defensive midfielder. Yeah. I mean, Romeo's been playing a couple of games. But like he's not a world-class midfielder at all. So more of a band-aid put over a gaping wound. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is, man. <laughs> and then even their, their, their fullbacks. I mean, you got Balde on the left, but then they brought in Jao Cancelo on the right, who... We know is fantastic going forward, but defensively but he does not play defense. Yeah, he's not de- defensively there. He's not no. Mm. You know, last year that it seemed like they were playing uh, Jules Kunde at right back, who is a defender. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's those couple changes which is why they're conceding more goals. But you're right up up front. You know, Lewandowski, 
the emergence of Yamin Lamal, Chao Felix, they still got Rafinha, Ferran Torres. So they still got loads up front. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, you know, injuries to Pedri and Gavi and... Well, Gavi played. And yeah, uh, he's been hurt this season at times. So. But I will say, he looks like, he in the Sevilla game, he looked like their best midfielder. Yeah. Rafinha. Rafinha started in midfield and then had to come out injured. He pulled the hammy. But they brought in another young 20-year-old, uh, Fermin Lopez, who had a fantastic chance to score and goalie saved it. But they won this game, man. 1-0 OG from Sergio Ramos. I was so unlucky, too. I, what was he thinking? It was a was tough he trying, one. So- was he trying to pass it to the goalie? Like, his reaction said that he was. What was it, like a header? Like, Lamine Yamal was trying to head it across the box, yeah. and it hits the kind of feed of Ramos and then bumbles into the goal. Yeah. It almost looked like a square-footed pass. Like, he's, oh, here, goalie, just clear it. But it was away from him, and it went into the net. So, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't to, know, man. But this was, an, this was a pretty open game. It was, it was fun to watch. Barca had lots of chances. Zhao Felix should have scored. He hit a shot off the underside of the crossbar. Like I said, Zhao Cancelo going forward looks fantastic defensively. defensively. Uh, uh, a, yeah. little, a little scary. I don't want to go and, as far as saying defensively inept, but it's pretty close. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, Gabby, man, he's he's a stud. Love watching him play. He's he's amazing. He gets into tackles too. Yes, he <laughs> had a does. fantastic goal line clearance too off his kind of thigh chest area. Wow. Yeah, I, he's he's seriously impressed. But I mean, it's just one player. He can't do everything. So. All right, next up, we had the rivalry renewed in Benfica and Porto. Benfica winning this one 1-0, getting their season back with a victory over their bitter rivals. And it didn't start off good for Porto at all with a red card in the 19th minute. No. Ford brought down by the last defender. Yeah. See you and later. Uphill battle from there. As uh, the Benfica legend Angel Di Maria got the lone goal in the 68th minute, an absolute pandemonium after he scored. Oh yeah, it was wild, <laughs> very wild. Yeah, uh, Benfica up to second after the win, and Porto dropped to third, both behind Sporting Lisbon. Both picked Porto to win this match, and we're wrong. They did us dirty. Yeah, that red card didn't help. And then we had a rematch of the German Supercopa as RB Leipzig took on Bayern Munich. Harry Kane coming off a hat trick last time out when Bayern thumped Bochum 7-0. Xavi Simons looking like a terror out on the field. Benjamin Sesko up and coming, scoring lots of goals. How would this one pan out? Well, it ended in a draw. 2-2. wonder who (laughs) predicted that. Yeah, weird. It's like you knew something. Yeah, I mean, the first is is the te- you know the the telltale tale of two halves. How many times can I say tell? I don't know. Tail, tail, tail. Heads tale, and tails. Yeah, uh, but it was it was it was a tale of two halves. I mean, the first half all RB Leipzig. It was. They scored two goals yeah. in that first half. Um, Luis Openeda. 
got put through on goal. Deflection off Kim Min takes it in. And then some terrible goalkeeping led to Leipzig <laughs> second through Castello Luqueba. Yeah. How badly do Bayern Munich need Manuel Neuer back? To I don't know, man. At this point, like, is Manuel Neuer still good? Coming I mean, off I've a heard, broken leg? The guy's I've heard not that young. He, He's 37. He well, I've also heard that he can't even kick a ball properly with that leg i mean he's in training right now so i'm guessing yeah. they're trying to get him back soon but we'll see if it's the same manuel neuer yeah i it, i don't think it will be and i mean they're not very convincing in goal so they're not I mean, convincing defensively at all no <laughs> no very suspect they just seem to be letting in goals left and right I mean, it doesn't help they're playing a defensive midfielder as their right back, Conrad Leimer. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't put Joshua Kimmich back at right back. He's a natural right back. He started there. Why not put him back there if you need him? He started there, but they like him. I mean, he's a fantastic midfielder, though, also. Yeah, no. I mean, he's one of their best players anywhere he plays. I mean, they have that Masrawi, who's a right back, where they Mm -hmm. could play Rafa Guerrero. On that right yeah. back, I know he's a left back, but but he has played right back for Dortmund in the past. So he finally came back in this game. He's been out injured, Guerrero. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in the second half, Byron came came out to play. Man, PK off uh, after Leroy Sané took a free, I think it was Leroy Sané take a free kick. Hit Can't Hendricks remember the player, the but he like stuck an elbow up. I mean, it was Benjamin Hendricks, I think. Was it Hendricks? Yeah, I think so. Harsh, but you can see his arm goes up. Mm-hmm. Going towards the ball, yeah. And then, you know, as always, Harry Kane steps up and buries it. And I shouldn't say always, because there, I think the ball from the World Cup penalty is still traveling around the earth, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Leipzig got caught on a counterattack. Great yeah, play I mean, by Musiala to put in Leroy Sané. Sané has a great finish, and 2-2. Yeah, I mean, they're looking more like RB Leipzig with this counterattack. I mean, Leipzig had a corner. Musiala gets the ball, pretty much runs the length of the pitch with it, feeds Sané in, and easy as can be. Tied 2-2. But you were right, this Bayern defense, though, is they're so bad. I know, I picked them as Champions League favorites, but I don't know if they are. Yeah, I did too. Um, that defense, dude, is it leaks goals. They need to start figuring out some chemistry in that defense because they do not look on the same page whatsoever. And on paper, they have what looks like one of the best defenses in the world. Kim Min Jay, Upa Makano, Delict, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't understand. They, they should not be leaking goals like this, but you know, credit to Leipzig. They, uh, do it again against Bayern. Seem to be a bugaboo team for them. They have been their Achilles heel, haven't they? Yeah. All right, next up we had AC Milan and Lazio in a game where we thought it would be close, but it was anything but. As Christian Pulisic, again, is the star of the show, and he gets his the first goal in the 60th minute. Honestly, yeah, I think he was man of the match for me, man. Pulisic put in a good performance, making lots of runs, did good defensively. And this game was all Milan. Yeah. 
And then after the goal, excuse me. Yeah, it was all, it was even more all Milan because they just, you know, put on the gas. Lazio, no real clear cut chances in this match. And Rafael out. Another great game. Yeah, had an assist, had a great run, cut back for Noah Okafor. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I mean, yes, this Milan team was very impressive in this one, but I just want to talk about how bad Lazio has been in the Serie A this season because where they sit in fifteenth now. Yes, they are at the time of this recording. I think Sari's tinkering with that lineup, man. A little too much. A little too much, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I mean they do have good players. Uh, they got that player from Girona last season who played really well, mm-hmm. Castellanos. Um, they still have Luis Alberto, Zacagni, Felipe Anderson. I mean, they have uh, Mateo a good Guendouzi. squad. I don't know why they're playing so badly in the Serie A, though. It's just... Ciro Immobile, Camada. Yeah, they're losing to teams that they should not lose against. I mean, Milan, you would say they probably should, but... Fun fact, Pedro still playing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. What is he now? For Lazio? 37? 37 he is 36. He's old. All right, let's get to the match that... But I picked Milan had... to win, just FYI. You did. You did. <laughs> I did not. And I want to get to this match because this had every array of emotions known to man. Frustration, excitement euphoria anger especially if you're a fan of one of these clubs so do you want to talk about the game or the controversy first (laughs) let's talk about both Uh, Both. but uh let's talk about the controversy at the end because i think we'll end up talking more about it okay so the the game we're obviously talking about is tottenham versus liverpool ended 2-1 in favor of tottenham yeah started out fantastic open game back and forth. Then there was a red card. Yeah. Curtis Jones. uh, Curtis Jones. Rolling over the ball, essentially. Studs hitting, I think it was Basuma. I think so. Uh, I think it was Basuma. Yeah. And I mean, in slow motion replay, it looked nasty. Live play, it did not look as nasty. I think it was more Is it a red card for you? I think yes, but a very unlucky red card. I mean, his legs straight, studs are up, catches him high. Caught him high. But he did roll over the ball. So that's where it's like, I'm not sure if it should be. But yeah, it's I, harsh. I would, it's a it, harsh red card it's a, is what it's I would a harsh call red it. card. Harsh, unlucky, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But I agree. I think it's a red. Lost. His studs go into... I mean, he he could have broke his leg. Let, let's be oh, honest. If his foot especially, was planted, especially seeing how it bent after impact. Yeah, like luckily his leg kind of gave out from the turf, and so then it moved. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, it it, it, it could have been oof. nasty. It was dangerous. It's a red for me. It is unlucky. It's harsh, but it's a red. Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen Liverpool 10 men this season have been arguably better than Liverpool with 11. So (laughs) I was like, both teams got exactly what they wanted. 
Oh, that's what I was thinking. I literally was thinking of you when I saw that red card. I was like, oh, perfect. Liverpool's down to 10 men. They're we'll obviously going to win this game now. Uh, and then they thought they were winning it when uh, they thought they had the lead through Luis Diaz, but it was called back for offsides. We'll get back to that one. And then Tottenham yeah. scored through uh, Son. Terrible defending by Joe Gomez. Oh, God. He got, got caught a little too far out lost. wide. He looked lost. He got up. caught too far out wide for a fullback. Should have been a little tucked in. And uh, James Madison played a peach of a ball, though, to Richarlison. Who then laid it across for Son, Son and, and put it away. Great finish. Yeah. But Cody Gagpo I... equalizes just before halftime. Injures himself in the process. Yeah. Second half rolls around. Diego Jota comes on. And he gets a yellow card, and then he gets another yellow card like a minute and a half later for a red Liverpool down to nine. Yeah, and then it was all Tottenham from there. I think. And then honestly, I thought it was going to end in a draw, man. Tottenham yeah. looked out of ideas. It should have. But Pedro Porro fires a low hard cross. And Joe Matip playing with nine men, what, a little tired, puts it into what his own an net. Unlucky, like that ball could have gone anywhere. And it goes into the roof of the net. Like, it was a striker's finish, first off. <laughs> Second, I just felt so bad for him. Because it's like literally oh, the, last, bad for him, the last pick of the game. Like, what? Tottenham, I don't think, deserved to win that match. What's Liverpool up? should feel very, very hard done by it. Um, I want to back up a little bit, though, to that Jota ahead. red card. The first yellow, man. Talk about harsh. Like, honestly, it took a few replays for me to see if he even touched the player to clip him and then for him to go down. Like, I had, like, did he touch him? It didn't look like he touched him. But you can see on the replay, there's just a sliver, sliver of contact. Harsh. Super harsh. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with it. So... Speaking of harsh and not agreeing with it. Let's go back to the Luis Diaz goal that should have been. Yes. You want to explain it or you want me to? You go ahead, because it makes my head hurt. (laughs) So Luis Diaz scores a goal. It gets called offside. It goes to VAR. VAR says check complete to the referee. Play continues. Well, there was a mix-up, because Luis Diaz was in fact onside. Yeah. And there was no communication between the VAR and the on-field referee. And so the VAR ref thought, oh, well, he's onside, so check complete. It's a goal. Not knowing that the call on the field was for offside, not a goal. And so when the on-field ref heard check complete, thinks it's the offside is the correct call, and the goal does not is not allowed. Can't make so many errors. You can't even make this up. Is this the lowest point in VAR? A hundred percent. Because this is like, this is not even comical anymore. Because this is one of the easiest calls to not mix up. Literally, how hard is it to just say yes? Check is complete. It's a goal. How hard is it to say that? Just said check complete. Yeah, that's all they said. Complete. Like you, you didn't. Like is it got is this VAR 
referee even watching the game. They're not, obviously. I think once that goal goes in, they immediately go to the replay of the goal, and they're not mm. watching, you know, for example, like us fans watching the live feed. Because obviously when you watch the live feed, you see the linesman. They they pan to the linesman holding up his flag for offside. Mm-hmm. And then as we're watching the game, they didn't draw lines. They just showed the camera, and it looked like he was onside. And mm-hmm. you hear the commentators, oh, well, this must be like that weird camera angle again where he looks onside, but he isn't. But they don't draw any lines, so you can't tell. And then just zero communication, terrible human error. This wasn't the technology. This was no the human error aspect well, of it. Usually, usually these errors, especially in England, is not the technology. It is the human error. Like, and offsides is something that's yes or no. You know, it's not negotiable. Like, for example, that red card. Was it a red card? Oh, some people mm-hmm. might say yes. Some people might say yeah. no. Was it like the... That Wolves-Manchester United game where Onana came out and clattered someone. Was that a PK? Was it not? Some people can argue yes. Some people can argue no. You can't argue offsides. It's a yes or no. He was either offside or not. black or white. Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to goal line technology. It's a goal or it isn't. (laughs) Either crossed the line or didn't. Pretty simple. You know, I've, I've listened and heard so much stuff on it already. It's been all over. You know, there's yeah. something like that. That VAR team was in Qatar two days earlier or three days earlier, whatever it was on Thursday doing a game. And then they flew, to, had to fly back and do this game. And why are they in Qatar? I don't understand. That. Doing games. They were scheduled to do the Sunday game for Brentford nine forest, which they obviously Got were not. Off of, obviously. But Howard Webb, man, the, the head of it all has... Got to it's be like, shivering in his boots, man. It's almost this, like no this matter looks so bad. Yeah, it's no matter so what, he, no matter what Howard Webb does, they seem to just find a way to, to out, outdo them. themselves and embarrass themselves. Because it's like, like each one of these just gets comically worse and worse and worse. I don't understand it at all. Like, pay us to do it. <laughs> Like I will gladly go earn five hundred grand to do VAR, and I bet you I would do it ten times better than they would. Well, the thing is, it's, it's not like they don't get training or they're not going to you know lectures or seminars or whatever on this, this is, stuff. It's like one of those scenarios. You have one job. This isn't you someone one, who's you know has job. a different job and then does this refereeing thing for fun. These are paid yeah. professionals. Yeah, and they're making it look like a Sunday league. They really are, man. They really are. Yeah. Um, I mean, both coaches came out and criticized VAR after the match. And you know it's bad when the winning coach criticizes it. And then uh, at the day of this recording, so was this Sunday, Liverpool came out with a statement saying that they are considering multiple actions uh, as far as lawsuits or whatever to investigate match fix. Because this was a little suspect, in my opinion. Not just the VAR, but the refereeing in this game in general. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I I would be hard done if I was a Liverpool fan. And I mean, you know, it's similar to last year. I mean, they did it to Arsenal where they drew the lines on the wrong player. They don't give you points. They just they apologize. Yeah, that's it. Just sorry. But the thing is, is this is, you know, these are companies where this could mean millions of dollars. 
Yeah. I mean, we've seen title races end up with a point. Two points loss. You might remember that Man City Liverpool race. Mm-hmm. So this could this could potentially cost teams millions of dollars. Yeah, in a title race that looks like it could possibly be much closer than last year. As with more teams. So this is not a two horse race. A lot more. And so I don't I, I don't like it, man. The VAR I guess I think VR should stay, but it needs to be better. I, d- I like the VR we had for the World Cup. I love it in the Champions League, man, where it's almost like it's AI. It's artificial intelligence. Yeah. And like they'll show you the part of the body on a little animation that was offsides. I yeah, love that. How hard is it to do that for the Premier League? I mean, it's the richest league in the world. Well, they, they tried to, but the clubs voted it down. Oh, well, then that's the club's fault. So. So I, I guess the it. clubs voted for it to vote it down, and now they're reaping what you sow. Yep. It's but. terrible. It shouldn't have happened. But here we are, getting to yeah. pick on the VAR in England. I mean, it's one of the best yeah. leagues in the world and not the best referees in the world. That's for no. sure. <laughs> yeah. It's probably, one would argue, the worst refereeing in the, in the world as far as major leagues go. Could be up there, man. I, it, it's pretty bad. Very, very bad. But what do you guys think? Let us know. Is, I mean, is VAR, like, should we continue with it even? At this point, you might even be better off not having it. But what do you guys think? Is Liverpool, should they sue the Premier League? Should they sue the, you know, Refs Association? Should they? Should this game be replayed? Ooh, that's a good one. That is a very good one. I personally think yes, but we'll see. Interesting stuff, but Mm -hmm. that brings us to the end of this episode. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening, watching us talk about our crazy football antics that we have. (laughs) Don't forget to check out all of our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Give us five stars on the podcast platforms. And of course, like subscribe on YouTube. And don't forget to check out our Redbubble. Get that sweet merch. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Cheers.